Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Ain't it amazing how this place can be quiet as a pen? Until you hit record. And soon, yeah, as soon as you get into the intro, somebody's going to guffaw, somebody's going to drop a, you know, make an espresso. We don't even have an espresso machine. <laughs> They're going to drive a car through the front of the place. I, I, it just amazes me that this place can be... It's as if the red light that only I can see is visible like the like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Mm, right. If it's Like it's visible from outer space. Yeah. And they say there's recording going on. Let's make <laughs> let's make as much of a racket as possible. And I'm not complaining because no. we're recording in a cigar shop. The background noise is one of the reasons we do it here. Yeah, we you know early on in the show we had nothing in the background and it was just missing a little something. Yeah, we found that it works better to do it this way. But at the same time, <laughs> there's there's background noise and then there's okay. Come on, I'll guarantee you when I listen to the show this week, that's going to be welcome to the cigars. <laughs> How'd that happen? Okay, tell them about our smoke tray. You you procured our smoke this week. Uh, So this week's cigar cast is actually brought to you uh, by Casa de Monte Cristo Nashville. Uh, We were provided both of these cigars. What was that? You're talking really loud. Okay, I'll back it off. (laughs) Um, I turned your mic down. That doesn't help. Blowing my eardrums out. (laughs) So sorry. so these cigars were provided by the Costa de Monte Cristo Nashville. Um, big shout out and thank you uh, to the guys over there for this. This is the Crowned Heads Four Kicks exclusive to Costa de Monte Cristo. Now, uh, I know, Shane, you're not a huge fan of Crowned Heads in general, um, but you know the Four Kicks is it, it's on the lighter scale for what they do. It's not quite Headley Grange territory, but it's just one step up from there. Um, but this cigar is a specific size uh, to Costa Monte Cristo. It's a five and a quarter by 54 double Robusto. Um, but part of what makes it unique is a closed foot, which I know you don't like, and a pigtail, which I think you do. Or do you even really care? Uh, pigtail. The only bad part about a pigtail is I can't punch it. Yeah, fair enough. It precludes my Although ability this to punch. One you could. I don't know. It's pretty. I'm, I'm going to clip it just in case. But yeah. now, I don't dislike the four kicks. Um, the first four kicks, the first cigar crown made, crown heads made was the four kicks. Right. And this and is the this is an identical recipe. This is the Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. Yeah, and I have smoked several of these. They've never been box worthy. But they've never been a bad cigar. I've never been disappointed by four kicks. And all the sizing of it, I think, throws me off. But as I as I mature into the size not being such a big deal, yeah, um, probably gonna probably gonna enjoy this more than I have any other four kicks. Before. Fair enough. No, but um, but yeah. So this is exclusive not just to the Nashville Casa location, but all Casa de Monte Cristo locations. So um, if you've got one nearby, it's it's definitely worth going and checking them out. They're gonna have an amazing selection, and if the if the people that staff your local Casa de Monte Cristo are even half the caliber of the people that staff our Nashville sh- store, you're going to have the best experience you could possibly have in a cigar shop. I mean, I cannot say enough good things about the staff at that shop. And they must treat them well. They do. Because it- usually anybody that goes in there and smokes a cigar... And I'll, we'll we'll keep it general to the whole staff is great. You and I both know who we love the most. Mm-hmm. But if I was opening a cigar shop anywhere around, I would be beating down his door on a daily basis. Hey, come work for me. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a cut. I'll, I'll make you a percentage of the cigars you sell. Yeah. So Casa, I'm sure he's had to have, and I'm sure several of them have, had to have good offers mm-hmm. from other companies. But they're... They've stayed there. I mean, Casa. They, they know their product well. They're passionate about it. Uh, they're they're knowledgeable about the, the the industry as a whole, not just what's in their humidor. Um, always getting new product in. Uh, when I was in there today, he was showing me. He walked me around the entire humidor. This is new since the last time you were in here. This is new. This is new. Um, and they smoke everything they bring in too, which is something I think. 
you know, I, a lot of local brick and mortars, I think, get this wrong. And it's that when you get a new cigar in, you're, or, or even when you don't, the people working on your staff on a shift should be allowed to smoke the product. How else can they sell it if, if they right. don't? And so when you've got, you know, most, I think average retail is probably about $10 an hour. You know, you can't afford to smoke, you know, $15 cigars to, to know your product. And, and I think one of the things that makes Casa, I, I don't know what their pay structure or compensation is on cigars they smoke. So don't hold me to that. But, but they all smoke pretty much everything in that humidor. Yeah. And that makes such a more knowledgeable employee. And, and like I said, I can only speak to the one in Nashville. But if, in, if, they're, if the other ones are half as good as ours is, it's worth taking a trip. Yeah, just absolutely can't thank them enough. Glad they helped us with the cigars this week. And on the first draw, it's good. It's really good. I mean, it's actually better than what I remember. It, it is for me as well. It's got a, it's, I would say it's a, it's a three-quarters cigar in strength. I told you I was going to start using that. You've been waiting all week for an opportunity to say three-quarters strength. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas I would say that... You know, it's probably the the originals. I would, from my memory, I would have given it more of like a five eights. You know, we're going. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going, I, I know. I'm going I to have to draw the line I, at some point. I jumped the shark on that. I, oh, I fully when, realized when you get down below a quarter, seven sixteenths. Um, yeah, when you start getting below a quarter, we're gonna we're gonna jump the shark. Okay, but anyway, cigar journal. An art gallery dedicated to the artistry of cigars. So when I seen that article name in the thing this morning, in the cigar news as I was doing my show prep, I said, hey, that's an awesome idea. It is. And uh, But when you go to the actual gallery, it's done by Rocky Patel. Um, R-P-A-R-T-Gallery.com. So R-P-Artgallery.com is the Rocky Patel Gallery, and um, what? I just, it, it took you spelling it out before I actually understood what their web address was. I was like, our part gallery? <laughs> like it, it was taking me a minute. I'm so, not proud of that. The, Ro- <laughs> the Rocky Patel Art Gallery, and they have these great prints for sale. I guess, or These are photos. It's not really a print. What do you call this? Uh, I guess it is a print. They're calling them all prints. Acrylic prints, canvas prints, metal prints. These great photos of the cigar industry, of the field, the factory, the, um, you know, all the way through. So they have the factory, the farm, and the rolling table are their categories. And pretty cool. You know, later on in the show, we're going to talk about man gifts. This is not a bad gift. If you know somebody who's got a cigar room. Yeah. And uh, I think my favorite is the pilon. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, they're actually showing the tobacco fermenting. Yeah, and a a 24-inch by 16-inch print is about $218, which, yes, it's a lot of money. But for art, I mean, I would say it's pretty reasonable. Where are you getting $216? The pilon acrylic is $82.20. For the the smallest size. It says from... Eighty-two. If you change, oh. if you change the size, it changes the price. So, oh, okay. Forty-eight so you, by thirty-two is five hundred eight dollars. Oh, okay. Well, well, now we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Why would you pay fifty-nine dollars for ten by six and a half? Yeah, that's a piece of paper. Yeah, it's a business card. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so yes, it's pricey, but at the same time, you know, the the quality of the print looks to be really good. The quality of the artwork is. It definitely uh, fits a certain aesthetic. It's not it's for everybody. I will say, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that they've watermarked the the bottom of all of them. Right. I that they've got the Rocky Patel on them? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's up to them and more power to them. But if I were paying $500 for a, for a print, I wouldn't want it to have Rocky Patel all over it. Well... Never to be one to encourage somebody to get something for nothing. 
but I do enjoy just looking at the prints and seeing the different. You know, they have one of the draw a later. If you want to know what a draw a later looks like, oh, I haven't seen that one. They have the Chivada. They have yeah, the draw master is what they refer to it as. They have the Chivada. They have the pilons, like we spoke about the the molds. They have so many of the elements that just browsing it is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, just seeing some of this stuff that we've put a lot of talk into. You know, the Drawmaster is a hilarious picture. Yeah, it is. Because it does kind of look like something out of Inspector Gadget. It does a little bit. Because I, I, I have, I'll admit, I, I've never really understood how it works. Like, how can you test the draw without taking the cap off? But I guess this, I guess it makes sense. But that, so that's cool for me to see. Yeah, so there, so aside from the commercialism of it, the, the actual information they're providing is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I do like the information of it and all. And the, they do have the standard photos of somebody looking reflective. I'm not a big one on the stand there and look reflective tray. I'm going to take your picture and we're going to call it art. Are you talking about quality control? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the somebody, the you know, the tobacconist. Is this yeah. guy just standing there looking at a tobacco plant? Like, okay. <laughs> you know, hey, try, try, to, try to look like you really know what you're doing, Jim. <laughs> okay. That's fine. But anyway, I, I do enjoy it. I can't complain. Yeah. I, you know, it, we, I think you were expecting me to kind of get all over the fact that it's, you know, that it's Rocky Patel sort of shameless commercialism. But I really do I mean... If if there's a hole in the market for it, I'm uh, more power to you. And if it and if it leads to Drew Estate, Oliva, Crowned Heads, anybody else doing something similar, then I think it's a win. Well, and I get and I think it was because I was misled in the Cigar Journal by an art gallery dedicated. So I assumed all were welcome. I didn't realize that this was a commercial Rocky site. Yeah, and and I would much rather it be a a art. Now, is there an actual location, or is it just the online gallery? It's just the online gallery. Yeah. See, I, I would like to see an an in person. Obviously, this year makes that hard, but yeah, I'd like to see see a physical geo because we talked about last week about the Fuente J C Newman Factory Museum in in Ybor City. I'm all for that. You know, give me an immersive experience. Give me a, a you know, a walkthrough. I think it's, but, so maybe we'll get there. Maybe we will. And also, first impression on the four kicks. It came in strong. It's war, it's mellowed out a little, which I'm glad of, because I don't, I wouldn't have wanted that intensity the entirety of the cigar. But it did come in really strong. Now it's mellowing out, and I'm kind of enjoying it. It's really kind of working for me at this point. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of sort of oaky flavors, lots of wooden flavors, which I don't usually get from an Ecuadorian Habano, so I'm enjoying that little little nuance, little difference uh, from what I was expecting. I'm really enjoying it as well, and it it's one of those things that I, I don't pick up the four kicks very often. I really like the mule kick, but I, I very rarely just pick up the regular four kicks. This is making me think maybe I should might order a revisit. Well, but now this is a often. bigger Vitola than the standard four kick. It's, well, it's a bigger ring gauge. It's not longer, but it's a bigger ring gauge. Right, and I but but that's what I'm saying. It makes me go, want to think about going back to the original line and just seeing. How much of my memory is accurate? Right. Seeing if you've missed something. Yeah. Because that happens. You go through stuff. You know, it's it's like music. You'll go through a span where you're listening to music, and then a song will come on, and you're like, why have I not heard this song in three years? This is a great song. Why have I not made an appointment to hear this song in three years? So it's funny you mentioned that. I recently created a playlist on Apple Music. Um, or not Apple Music. Amazon Music. Um that is just 70s feel-good rock songs. And it has been great. You know, songs that you rarely hear on the radio that I haven't heard in years. And every once in a while, one will pop into my head and I go, oh, yeah, and I add it to that. So if I'm ever in a, a mood where I'm like, yeah, I just need to, there it goes. Well, I used to always have to keep a list of workout songs because when I'm standing on the treadmill... I couldn't think of a thing to listen to. Right. But I'd be driving down the road and say, oh, yeah, I ought to listen to that song on the treadmill tomorrow. Or I'd listen to this on the treadmill right. tomorrow. So I used to have to keep a list of songs to listen to on the treadmill. Because for some reason in the moment, you know, I couldn't think of anything. 
I get that. And also, it kind of, and I think sometimes cigars are that way. You kind of come back to one that you may have neglected and like, wow, why did I ever stop this? Yeah. No, um, I've I picked up uh, the, and have been smoking a lot of Romacraft lately. And I'm a huge Romacraft fan, but it just it's one of those that I had stopped picking up. And I don't know why, other than just there was other and new things in the humidor that I wanted to get. But it was I've they ran out of Charter Oaks here and pretty much everywhere in town, and so it was just one of those things of like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pick it up and 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 move back to the Roma crowd. Well, and this leads perfectly into our next article: Fuente Age Selection New Releases 2020. I have. I'm so sick of Fuente releasing special editions. At some point, it's no longer a special edition. It's the Cigar of the Week from Fuente. I mean, at a certain point, you're releasing so many, quote, special editions. Okay, what if I do like it? Oh, I can never have it again? Well, and I also can't keep them straight. And I would love to meet the person who can. Oh, this is the heaven and earth. This is the angel share. This is the angel's envy. This is the da 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 da. How do you know? And and what makes them different? Yeah. What is so? Because the hallmark of the Opus line is that it all comes from one field, right? So, are, yeah. <laughs> is this field called Nicaragua? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, you have the heaven and earth rare black. And then you have the Heaven and Earth Scorpio Maduro. What's the chances I could tell the difference in those two cigars? Yeah. Uh, and it's not even a true special release. I mean, it's a true special release, but it's not a limited edition because it was on the shelf 15 years ago. And it's at $50 a stick. Yeah. I mean, how does this, how does this business model exist? Yeah. I guess that's my question because we've got a guy here that'll come in and spend $1,800 on Opus cigars at one lick and not... Now, he's in a financial place where he can do that. Yeah. Proud of him. But is he enjoying it any more than I enjoy a box of Africas? Knowing that when this box of Africas is done, I can just reach in the humidor and grab buy another one? one? Yeah. I wonder that because I'm just... You know, I'm not a huge Opus fan. I do... I, I smoke one Opus a year on either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. It's just part of... Just a tradition I have. And that's about enough for me. So here is my million-dollar idea. Oh man, I'm I'm a marketing genius. Once we once we get our humidor rack humidor set up, and our mutant sports league started, mm. I want to have a cigar that you must complete an act of strength in order to smoke it. <laughs> that like you you know there has to we have a somebody shows up at the bar you have to beat them arm wrestling. You must punch a buddy, smack a, yeah. <laughs> smack pull, a camel. Pull the sword out of the stone. <laughs> yeah, you must smack Slay a camel. A dragon. Do anything. But I, I do think that's our next step is that in order to smoke this cigar, you're going to have to prove your worth. You must in some way make yourself. Because that's one of my chief complaints about people always talking about um, rescue dogs. Okay, you adopted a dog. Rescued a dog. Rescued a dog sounds like you slew a dragon. Rescued a dog sounds like you, you did something. You physically pulled him out of the rushing river. Right. right. Like, like he was headed for the wood chipper and you said, whoa, not on my watch. <laughs> I mean, okay, you went and adopted a dog. That's good enough. You yeah. don't have to sweeten the pot. Stop gilding the lily, people. And all. That's just my, my argument. <laughs> and all. But anyway, so, yeah, Fuente's putting out all these releases. You know, I came in here Sunday. Or Saturday. And there's a whole stack of boxes behind the desk. And when there's a stack of boxes behind the desk, I'm going to say, hey, what's in them boxes? Because I know it's my shot at getting something. And I'm a locker member here, so I have that right. Right. And, um, they, oh, this is the Fuente Opus Bellicoso Maduro 25th. And this is the white glove satin finish. And this is the, you know, and... It's like, hey, is anything there not made by Fuente? No. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, you, you can stop. So I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on the Fuente releases. I'm just, I'm absolutely out. I don't get it. If somebody out there understands this business model, and as we said earlier, has the time and crayons to explain it to me, right? please do, because <laughs> I would love to know. <laughs> well, it obviously works for them, because they keep doing it every year, and they wouldn't if people didn't line up to buy it. It's an ego buy. Oh. It's, what, it's what we call in the advertising industry an ego buy. It's, oh, I bought these. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a Davidoff. It's an ego buy. Do you remember in the early days of the iPhone, there used to be an app that was called I'm Rich? 
and it cost $1,000, and it didn't do anything. How did I not come up with that idea? <laughs> right? That's better than Pet Rock. Yeah, how did, how did well, I you, not You pay $1,000 just to have that app on your phone so people can say, you spent $1,000 just because you could on an app that does nothing. Well, when I create the Shane Reeves cigar line, there'll be the venomous duck and the feet of strength. I like it. And and some and okay, if I could range it where you had to wrestle a venomous duck I was about to, to smoke say, a if, feet of strength. If the feet of strength that you accomplish is to fight a venomous duck, do you get both? You do. At okay. that point, I will give you both. <laughs> Did you know there is only one venomous duck in the world? You didn't know that there's a venomous I, duck in I the world? No. It's actually, not only is it a venomous duck, it's the only mammal that lays eggs in the world. But it's not a duck. It's got a duck bill. It's a duck. It's not. A platypus is not a duck. If it walks it's like a mammal. A, if it walks like a duck. It, it doesn't quack hey, like a duck. It lays eggs. It's a duck. <laughs> it's you, got four legs. Ducks have two. Oh, so now you're a legist. <laughs> now, this, this poor thing that spent its life looking like it came out of Chernobyl, and you are going to fault him and say he can't be a duck. I think he gets to choose. And I, I don't think he would choose to be a duck. I think he would. A venomous duck? Platypuses are also venomous. I know. So you've already got a beaver tail, a duck bill, venomous mammal that lays eggs, play around in the water all day. You got it made. Stay a platypus. He can call himself whatever he wants. I think if he identifies as a duck, who are you to say he can't? <laughs> You'll have to find me a platypus that identifies as a duck before I sign off on that. Okay. I'll get right on that after I get this mutant sports league off the ground. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about this half, though. I do want to talk about the Rojas Street Tacos. What a great name for a cigar. Yeah, I've, I've, okay, I have never smoked a Rojas. I haven't either. Small <laughs> ring gauges only. But I love the name Street Tacos. I love, I love cigars that are named well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, okay, the Charter Oak is an okay name. But not, doesn't, there's nothing to really identify with there. The DNA ADM, worst name ever. Great cigar, worst name ever because you never keep it straight. Is right. it a DNA? Is it an ADM? Let's get let's confuse people and put it on the same label. But the street taco and it's launching. It's eventually will contain three distinct blends, but it is launching the barbacoa. Oh, I love barbacoa. I do too. Okay, so what's the king of tacos? That's that's all I'm gonna say Carnitas. about this cigar. Carnitas, so steak. No pork. Pork. Okay, so you say pork is king of tacos. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's it's basic. Barbacoa is beef, but cooked the same way as carnitas. And it just slow braised, um, you know, fall apart tender. It's all about texture and consistency because your your actual consumption of the filling can't compromise the structural integrity of the tortilla. Are you hard taco or soft taco? Soft. I would say I got to be. It's, to me, if, if it's a soft taco, it's a burrito. No, it's a burrito soft, without any soft sauce. corn taco, uh, corn tortilla. Oh, but that's just torturing yourself. No, if that's you don't the way the, it's supposed to be done. If you're eating corn soft, you're just torturing yourself. <laughs> Either have flour and have it soft, or have it have it that crispiness and have corn. No, because I I would much rather the the not have to hold need six hands to hold the hard crunchy taco together once you take your first bite out of it well now that's technique that really has very little to do with the taco no i think that has everything to do with the quality of the taco shell i bet you i can eat five tacos and not crack a one of them i bet if i could eat five tacos they'd have to be they'd have to be really good tacos for me to eat five of them you couldn't eat five tacos i can (sighs) eat five tacos i'm not a big taco i'm not a big that kind of stuff too many flavors going on in it. Fair enough. Well, see, but I, I tend not to eat just a whole lot of flavors. I, it's usually meat, cheese, a little lime juice, cilantro, and I'm done. Well, you know, I, I don't had, pile mine up with pico and all that stuff. I had street tacos the other day at a, at a restaurant around here. Three of them was the perfect number. Yeah. But it's technique. It's all in how you bite it, how quickly you get it, how sharp your teeth are, how, how, how you deliver to the taco. A structural failure in a taco is usually your fault. I disagree entirely. It's not the fault of the taco. But anyway, okay. So we can take a break now. Okay. God, you're making me hungry. That was the most pointless news story we've ever done in our life. But hey, somebody (laughs) somebody buy a Rojas Street Taco for crying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll be back in a minute.
Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, we want to talk about the Macanudo Inspirado Red. Haven't hit this cigar in a while. I probably need to run around and smoke one of these. I need to try I to I revisit I almost grabbed it. one the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan origin. The binder is Nicaraguan, and the filler is African Honduran and Nicaraguan. A lot going on in this cigar, but an excellent But it pulls smoke. it off well. Yeah. Well-balanced, um, good medium-full smoke, and all. they're calling it probably, they're calling it a really full. I don't think it's that full. I think it's medium-full. I think so, too. And all, three-quarters. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> but Macadudo Inspirado Red, try one. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who heads the committee to ruin Christmas carols, Mr. Trey Dedman. So, Are we going back on this this year? Oh, so last year you got Santa Baby and Baby It's Cold Outside. Are you going after Frosty because it's not Frosty the Snow Person? No, I Rudolph because it's making fun of reindeer that grew up in Chernobyl. I mean. What are you, what are you what part of joy of my life are y'all trying to ruin this year? Y'all, like I'm responsible for the feelings of others. You're the head of the commission. <laughs> you were the first person that ever told me he didn't like maybe it's cold outside and then the next week there's like 20 different of your I'm ilk. a trendsetter. What can I say? I have been screaming about that song for years for the better part of two decades I think. It's just a terrible song. Now, but now, I th- was it last year that they, like, updated it, and it's like... Oh, it's even I'll, more... I'll call yeah, you an they Uber, and, yeah. and, and I'm not for that. I'll, just, I'll respect your boundaries. It's, well, yeah. <laughs> which... Slam I, my I think, head in the car door. But the thing is, I think, I think those are great things to be reiterating and things, but the song itself was just terrible. Like, I, I think it's fine to, to, to demonstrate and exemplify appropriate relationship behavior in a song. But in this case, I think the retooling of that song was just so atrocious that it's worse than the original. But, but for a, a cer- very different reason. At a certain point, it can be so absurd that it's fun. It can be so absurd that you're like, okay, nobody's actually taking this serious. Let's just relax and I have st- a little fun. It's also just a terrible song. And that's and that's the whole thing with Santa Baby as well. I don't have any moral objection to the song. I just think it's a god-awful song. And so if See, it never gets played on the radio again, that'll be too soon. I, I like that song. So so which one are you going after this year? What about, I don't know. Do I, I haven't decided I yet, but I'll get the committee a, together yeah. and I'll let you know. Let me, let me know what part, what aspect of my life y'all would like to ruin. Maybe you know, I'll go after the Rankin and Bass uh, claymation movies and just get all of those taken there off the you air. Go. Get the, well, those have already, I think Apple owns those, and they're trying to make them on platform only. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I have made it. I, this is a point of contention in my household, and I'm going to get yelled at on Monday when she hears this. I've made it through my entire 34 years on this planet never having seen one of those movies. Why? I have no desire. I don't. They, it's just. I just. I it's have just no unbridled desi- joy, and you can't handle that. No, no, yeah. It's it's just nostalgic for nothing. Like I don't understand why people my age enjoy those so much because they are pointless and they're. they're but maybe they watched it with their parents. You know, you think about but it. But it was. T- 200 years old so when they watched it with their parents. Their parents watched it when there was only three channels. And then they passed it on to their kids. And it's not about, it becomes about the tradition, not the quality. Yeah, but put on Home Alone. That's just as much about the tradition at this point. Well, yeah, now you're going to argue Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It is. <laughs> but that, to me, I will not engage in that argument because that's the most ridiculous argument in the history of mankind. <laughs> but... That, that argument should be preceded by everybody saying, okay, has, have we solved every other problem possible? Is there nothing left we can argue about? Right. Then you can argue about that. But as long as there's anything else whatsoever, I don't think you get to argue about that. You don't care what classifies as a Christmas movie or not until we've solved world peace. and Right. Get it. Well, no, I don't care whether or not Die Hard qualifies as a Christmas movie until we've solved world oh, peace. Okay. And all. But so, we can argue other movies? I just want to know where the line we, is. We can't argue other movies. Okay. You can't argue other movies as so, are they so Christmas movies. Gremlins? Gremlins? I don't care. I never liked Gremlins. I don't know. I haven't either. But 
Anyway, do you want to talk about some cigar news? We probably weren't too. Let's go ahead and hit. Yeah, this is the, I mean, this shook the entire industry this week, and we kind of buried the lead saving it for the second half of the show. Miami Cigar downsizing sales force. So they're downsizing from 14 sales representatives and brokers to five. That is That in itself accounts for about a 65% reduction in their sales staff. That's not including, however, management, which is also affected by this per their press release. Well, and also, that's, that's gigantic in a time when cigar sales have never been stronger. Or, or at least stronger than they could than they were last year. Well, you know, we did the article last week about how much cigar imports are up. Yeah. Everybody we know that has a store has said how good sales have been since COVID. Right. It's just, I, I, I guess I was being just a little overly pedantic to the point of, you know, we had the cigar boom in the late 90s that I still think trumps where we are now. But you're right. You know, in, in the last... 15, 20 years, we're probably better than we've ever been. Yeah, and so for them to cut the sales force, and I think this so... And especially at going into the holidays, now granted, you know, it, it goes into effect January 1st, but you know, people are going into the holidays not knowing what they're going to do come the beginning of the year. Like, that's... And in the middle of a pandemic, I was just talking to a gentleman before we recorded today about how competitive the job market is right now. Uh, because there are so many people on unemployment or just otherwise unemployed all looking for a handful of jobs. Meanwhile, the economy is down, so people aren't hiring. So to put your pe- to choose now as the time to go through the, a restructuring, seem, it seems callous. In, yeah. in the press release, they say this was not a decision taken lightly, and, and I have reason to believe that that is true. I'm not going to sit here and say that Miami is somehow sinister and evil. That's not what I'm getting at at all. I think more to the point, this shows a potential change in the trend of the industry that we've been talking about for years, which is that the salesmen walking into brick and mortars, I think this pandemic and, and, and all of the regulations around it this year has kind of shown some of these companies that they're going to be able to continue to do business even if they didn't even if they weren't paying sales reps on the ground yeah i think that's what it's about i think it's more about what covid has shown you know and we had this discussion a while back about the sales reps that have really hit it hard on the social media versus the ones that didn't right and how that would make me think now i'm not i'm not this is this is industry i'm not talking about miami i'm talking about industry and all because this is just Miami happens to be the first one. I bet we see three or four more of these articles in the next six months. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think this will hit Miami hard. I, you know, I think this may open up some of their budget to do some other things. You know, they have been innovating for the last two and a half years with their cigars that they've been putting out from the ADN to the Africa and the new Nicaragua that I'm a huge fan of. You know, they're obviously putting even the Nesta Miranda collection that just came out was or selection was was great uh, compared to its previous release. And anyway, you know, so they're obviously still using that that functional piece of their budget to, to innovate and do new things. So ultimately, I don't think this will hurt them in the long run. But going back to kind of an industry discussion, I think, you know, if we do see a lot more companies follow this business model, I think we're going to run into an issue that so many shops have a problem with already, which is stagnation in the humidor. Yeah, you don't need a, a salesman walking in the door to keep the same amount of facings on the on the shelves. But when you're releasing new stuff, there is no way to guarantee that that gets on the shelf in a brick and mortar better than having a guy walk through the door and putting it in the ordering manager or owner's hand. Not only that, if you launch a new cigar and you don't have an event or something to support that, you know, used to the model in the music industry was you released a record and you toured to support record sales. Now it's kind of the opposite. Now you 
tour to make money and you're trying to put out enough records that if somebody wanted it, they could find it, but they're probably going to pirate it anyway. Right. But I think that's what's going to hurt is new releases without an event to support them because we've seen here. It don't work just to say, oh, yeah, buy four, get one free to try to promote them. No, it doesn't. You've got to have an event going on in the store. Right. You've got to build that enthusiasm around it. Now, one thing that could happen as a result of this, though, to your point, is that there could still be some new release and some, you know, the in-store events, things like that. But without a sales rep on the ground, you're going to have fewer of them. But it means that the people, you know, Al McAuliffe is great about going to events where his cigars are highlighted. And he owns the dang company. Right. That's a guy that, that is really putting in FaceTime and understands that. Jonathan Drew's really great about it. But so now you've got companies. Let, let's take Rocky Patel, for example. You know, in the early days of Rocky Patel, Rocky was great about pounding the pavement and actually physically going to see shot. And he built it from the ground up grassroots. If let's say he were to lay off 65% of his sales reps, you know who's going to show up at those events? He is. Sure. That could actually be a boon for some of these companies. Yes. If done correctly. Yes and no. Because nothing beats having a relationship with your rep. I agree completely. You know, knowing, you know, I probably buy more Caldwell cigars than I, I know I do. There's a lot of times that I would not buy a Caldwell cigar that I will buy one because I know the rep and I know how good he is and how hard he works. Same. And, and, and honestly, what got both of us, I think, on such a general kick a couple of years ago and then a La Aurora Miami cigar kick was our relationship with those reps and the people in those companies. Right. And it's just that's just human nature. So if you take that away... The, the cigar business is a relationship business. Always will be. I've had this talk with numerous store owners, and I've told them, you know, because we've all been to the shop where the guy that owns it is a jerk. Yeah. And those shops do not It used not to be flourish. this shop. Yeah, it used to be this shop. Thankfully, it's sold 18 times since then, and we got a decent owner now. Right. But the the shop, I guess it's sold 18 times. I hadn't, you need to run out. And, sometimes you have to run out and check the billboard in the middle of the podcast. That's right. Make sure the name hasn't changed. <laughs> Somebody backs a truck up to the front door, and we have to run out and check. But, but, yeah, it's a relationship business. You have to be able to build those relationships. I think this is going to be a, fo- a folly. Yeah. I think in a year from now, when all this stuff is cleared off and the world looks different, there's going to be a big push to hire some reps back. Yeah, I think so, too. I think there's going to so be a anyway. lot of that. And also, okay, so you're going to explain this to me. All right. I, I put this in the notes, and I said, please explain to me what in the world this is. Okay, so what we're talking about is from Half Wheel, um, and they have released... Uh, kind of the call to arms for this year's consensus. Now, we didn't talk about this last year, uh, but I was familiar with it. This is now the 10th year they've done it. So what they're uh, trying to accomplish... Okay, who's they? Half Wheel. Okay, Half Wheel's doing this. Half Wheel is doing this themselves. And what they're... Someone dropped a ball, I think. And (laughs) is that leper leper football game. Um, Sometimes I do the jokes just for me. The consensus is intended to be an amalgamation of the various lists and things that come out at the end of the year, kind of describing best cigars of the year, etc. So, but it, it's it's not just Cigar Journal, Cigar Aficionado, Cigar Snob, you know, the big players. It, this is anybody. So, us, you know, we would be included in the if we if we put out sort of a written list as opposed to just talking about it. And essentially what they want to do is if you have some type of cigar reviewing site or blog or whatever, they want to hear from you. They want to hear what the... And if you're a reader of some and not just a producer, they want you to kind of share so that they get as comprehensive a list as possible. And then they're just going to kind of put some data analysis magic all over it and, uh, and try and figure out a consensus for what the cigar of the year, the the best cigars of the year, all of that sort of thing. Okay, so let's read the rules. And I uh, said, you have to review cigars. 
Okay. Well, that kind of... So you can't be a zookeeper in Sheboygan? They don't want... Let's say, you know, any Joe Blow that comes in here says, Oh, I thought the whatever was the best cigar of the year. And just submitting that is what they're saying. So so what constitutes a cigar reviewer? Well, it talks about it. It doesn't matter if you score it. doesn't matter really how you did it. But if you don't review cigars, you probably shouldn't be included. So essentially, you just have to at least review a cigar. So I'm sure... I feel like a rating should be part of that, but I know there are some established uh, cigar reviewers that don't do a rating. Um, Tasting notes, first impressions, uh, you know, review on construction, smokability, flavor, whatever. You know, just kind of like what we do with our, you know, one to seven. Okay, number two, you can't have a conflict of interest. If you work full or part-time for a cigar retailer. That I have an issue with that too. Cuz to me the retailer would be the person that could that would have that would that'd be who you were looking for. Right. Okay, I didn't like this cigar, but we can't keep them on the shelves. And everybody that comes in here hates this cigar and everybody right. loves this cigar. To me the cigar retailer is the person that would be the most that, right. that would be who you were seeking. Yeah. And and now as far as working for a cigar manufacturer distributor, totally get it. Yeah, I, I don't think those people should be involved because they're obviously going to favor their own stuff. But yeah, cigar retailers have no loyalty to any brand, the exception. I'm, or at least I'm wondering if this rule comes from a place of the, play, the, the Perdomo lounges, the Gurkha lounges, the Davidoff lounges. Well, even Casa. Even yeah. owned by Altides. Right. So probably going to skew. I could understand that. But if you're just a guy that owns a brick and mortar. Here. Right. That owns a brick and mortar, has a good has a good clientele, has regulars, yeah. and you track what sells, what doesn't sell, what gets you feedback on what, which you should be doing anyway. Right. And you want to take 10 minutes to jot it down and ship it, he should be thrilled to get that. But I also wonder if that would violate rule number three, which is a user-driven list. And I like this, actually, because it's it's relying on the supposed or alleged expertise of a cigar reviewer. You know, just because, you know, let's, I've, I've been to several uh, cigar shops where the number one selling cigar is a Gurkha. Do we really want that muddying up the waters you know what I mean? Just or worse yet, Tatiana. Yeah. So I like the idea of it being restricted to professional reviewers and not a crowdsource list. I do like that one. And list must be published by January twenty second. Okay. But so I understand a little better now what he's asking for here. So can you and I submit a list? We yeah. review cigars weekly on the podcast. Right. We smoke a lot of cigars. And we don't yeah, we are Professional cigar reviewers, right? For you know, we for all intents and purposes, we owe no loyalty to no one. Exactly. Yeah. No, we are we are absolutely, and I think you and I actually probably should work on putting a, a formal list together this year, which we don't normally do. Um, and, ju- and and you know, submit it as a part of this. I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'll definitely submit it because, you know, as much as I trash Gurkha, the Nicaraguan's an excellent cigar. Mm-hmm. And I'll, it deserves to make the list. It came out last year. It deserves to make the list. It's a great cigar. Wow. Okay. And I'll, so there's a there's a lot of interesting things like that that should be on there. So, okay, we will commit to one another that we're going to actually submit a list of this prior to January 22nd. Sounds like a plan. Sometime after the Stogie Awards. Right. Which oh. we need to start thinking about. Oh, I've already. I've, I've got six segments worked up. What are you waiting well, on? No, what I mean is... <laughs> Uh, now is a perfect opportunity for us to put the call out to our listeners like we do every year, which is that the Stogie Awards are coming up. And we obviously have our ideas about what the best and worst cigars that were released this year are. Workhorse cigars, cigars under eight, you name it. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think. Um, are there some categories that we've been missing out on that you'd like to hear us review or, or you know, um, have an award for? Are there cigars you want to make sure get you know, a part of our, uh, you know, in front of our view. Send us your suggestions. We we definitely want this to be an inclusive experience. 
Well, as it's coming to the end of the year and Christmas is coming around the corner, Cigar Aficionado put out an interesting list. Cigar Aficionado's 17 gifts for the 2020 holiday season. Why 17? I have no idea. Wouldn't you do 20? Wouldn't you do, I guess, why not 16? Why not 18? 18, yeah. I guess 17's the number. Okay, let me pull the show over for a second. I'm curious. I, I, I know what I'm expecting your answer to be, but I'm curious. When you're changing the volume on your TV, are you one of those people that can leave it on 16, or do you back it off 1 to 15, go up to 20, keep it on a nice round number? Oh, no. I don't I don't ever look at the number. You just put it where it's comfortable. I knew that was going to be yeah, your answer. Yeah, it's all ear. Yeah. And I do notice it gets quieter as I'm go- as I'm getting ready for bed and I'm winding down. Yeah. I tend to turn it down, turn it down, and then I'll turn it on the next day. I'm like, how was I hearing this last night? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it does kind of vary that. But, no, I don't worry about the number. I'm not that guy. Um, so they covered a lot of stuff that's not cigar-related. Which I think is great. You know, we talk about this off the air a lot about having a – a hobby and a personality are not the same thing. So just because somebody you know is a cigar smoker doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only interest they have or that that's their whole personality. If it is, they've got some other problems. But, you know, I love the fact that they, you know, kind of what is the general demographic of a cigar smoker and what are some gifts that would appeal, appeal to that type of person? So before we get into the list, let's talk budget. So, years ago, my standard budget for friends, for people that I see on a weekly basis, people I would consider friends, not acquaintances, not just people I see in isolated scenarios, but friends. Mm-hmm. My standard budget was about 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, thankfully, as my income went up, I'm able to do a little better than that now. I'm probably closer to 50 for people than I was to 30. I'm always looking for a bargain, so right. I always start out, you know, Trying to be, trying to do it, but I'm always I'm a great gift giver. I'm an outstanding gift right. giver. I love giving gifts. I love thinking it through. I love that aspect. You of and I have that in common. It's one of the few things we have in common. But I'm the same way. I started. We actually bought our first Christmas gifts this year back in June because if the perfect get, gift materializes for somebody, you buy it then. Yeah, my wife's problem is she wants to give it to him then. See, I I finished uh, Noel's Christmas shopping uh, recently, and I am just itching to give it to her. Well, you know, I have a. It's funny this come up tonight. I have a gift in my truck right now for somebody here at the shop, but I do allow. This is a really nice set of sheets and comforter for his bed. And it's something that he needs to begin using immediately. Using it in December, using it, you know, in, right. after Christmas is probably not practical. So I can give it a, I can give a, a, a exception for that. Right. You know, right. when it's something that if they start using it immediately, they'll really enjoy. Yeah. It. And uh, but let's. So I'm skipping the putter. I'm not yep. spending three ninety five. The an interesting one is the chili crunch. Um, Basically, crushed chili peppers, mm-hmm. spice. Is that an appropriate gift? To I anyone? think so. I think I would love that. And at ten bucks, is pretty reasonably priced too. The problem is, at least for me in, in my house, is the fact that I cannot cook with chili peppers because I'm the only one in my household who enjoys Thai hot level spice. Right, and adding it to it after the fact just ruins the experience. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not the same. It has to be cooked in it. So, you know, but I, but there are plenty of people, uh, we have a couple friend and, you know, one of the things that she just bought for her husband was a, um, you know, a hot sauce that was supposed to be some ridiculous amount of Scoville units or whatever. And that was, and it would, you'd have thought she hung the moon. Right. Yeah. She knew her husband. She knew what he liked. So I think this is a great idea. I, I know several people who would appreciate that. The artistic mega burner ashtray. This is a pretty specific gift. This is a small window of people you could give. True. We talked about this on the show. This is the the Alec Bradley decorative um, burner style, but with the huge NOS tank. Um, stylish and accurate bar spoons. <laughs> Nothing says go to a meeting like 
giving them a full set of bar spoons, I guess. Well, they're also, I mean, they're measuring spoons. I mean, yes, they're, although the smallest one, which is like an eighth of a teaspoon, looks like it would be used for cocaine more than anything else. Yeah, it does. It really has that look. <laughs> now, this is one I'm 100% on board with because I love the story. I love the way Bill Murray golf apparel yeah. for tailgating. And all, murraygolf.com shirts. Now, that, to me, that's a great, this is a Bill Murray golf shirt for you. Yeah. That, that, no, that is, that is perfect. That, that, to me, is just an absolute great gift. That, that checks, all the, checks all the boxes and all. And I'm just scrolling through, so if you see one you like better, just let me know. Master your coffee on the go. I have no idea how that works. So, yeah, are you talking about, like, how the lid actually allowed because I can't figure it out either but you know one of the complaints I have about so you know the Yeti cup came out about five years ago it kind of reached peak popularity and now every coffee cup that you get from somebody or you know win in a raffle or whatever is that Yeti style right and I love how much I hate them right the, thing, the same thing you love about them is the thing you hate. Yeah. They are perfect, and they serve their function so well, too well, in fact. I don't need my coffee to still be hot in seven hours. So, But I also need to take my coffee with me. Someone needs to make a coffee cup that will leave, keep it hot for like an hour. Wouldn't it, we need to grade it like cigars, you know, yeah. full, medium, three-quarter. Yeah. We need to grade it like cigars. Yeah. How, how, how long is this going to stay hot? I don't need one of those big trucker thermos. Somebody needs to make one. And I know the technology is out there that regardless of the temperature, if you pour it in cold or you pour it in hot, it instantly takes it to the right temperature to drink. That would be great. Maybe a little digital thermostat on the side. A Peltier device, yeah. Yeah, I like to drink my coffee at 86.4 degrees. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm just pulling a number out of the head. Like 105. Okay, whatever. 115. So now you can't go wrong with just a good bottle of whiskey. And uh, I mean, a good bottle of whiskey from one man to another is pretty much, that's, a, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is, especially, you know, whiskey and bourbon collecting has become very, very popular lately. If you know the person's flavor profile or if you just come across something that you know is sort of rare, unique, and different, it's, yeah, it's always a hit. Well, because the good thing about that is you can give it to them, you can pop the cork, you can share a little together. There, there's, a, there's a magic to that. Yeah. And I think, you know, what is the best manly gift you've received? Huh. I, I can tell you mine real quick. Okay. My, my Peter James case that my yeah. wife got me. I use it every day. It goes everywhere with me. It's always a conversation piece. It's always got my act together. It represents a organization of my life yeah. that I am really in awe of. It makes me look a lot better organized than I actually right. am. <laughs> and all that that was now not everybody can is gonna drop that kind of coin on that case, but I've known a lot of guys that got really nice cases. Yeah for Father's Day or something like that. That's always a hit. That's yeah. It's hard to beat a good cigar case that holds your cutters, your lighters, and everything. Yeah. my um, Mine is probably uh, racing school. That I mean, yes, it's an experience. It's not something that's going to be around for generations like yours. But, man, that's that was you know somebody who knew me very, very well. And, um, I mean, it was my dad, so obviously. But it was, you know... I mean, that was something that I will never forget. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And that was a gift. You know, and it was funny because in childhood, you get the gifts that are double-edged swords. My father bought me for Christmas one year a new Team Iowa rod and reel. And now I still have one just like it. Right. When that one finally wore out after 20-something years, I just bought that same model. I went on eBay and literally found that same model. I don't care if that's the only fishing rod I use the rest of my life. But it was such a double-edged sword. Son, here's a rod and reel. It's December. Can't wait to see you using it in April. Yeah. Well, no, it's true. um, Because so uh, when I was in high school, I got a snowboard for Christmas. Well, we live in Tennessee. It doesn't exactly snow here. Uh, 
So the other part of my my present was a trip to go snowboarding. <laughs> it got infinitely more expensive. You know, it never fails. I'll see snowblowers at yard sales. I think who possibly would buy a snowblower? Maybe at they a yard brought it sale? down from Michigan because we've got a lot of immigrants from Michigan. Okay, here. but wouldn't you sell it before you left? You, you wouldn't would seem to think that you would haul a snowboard, a snowblower across the country. That, yeah, but that one time every ten years that you need it, it's nice to. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't crank. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it ain't been cranked. In I will 10 say years. one of my favorite gifts in this category that I've given was a recurve bow. Yeah. Just just for fun and target, not intended to be a hunting. The person doesn't even hunt, but it was just so cool. And I was like, you know what? This they will they will actually appreciate this. Well, I always this time of year go buy a couple of Buck Stockman three blade knives mm-hmm. and all because that is a that's the knife my granddaddy carried. That's the knife that I carried for many a year. Yeah. Um, that is the quintessential pocket knife is the buck three-blade stockman. And I always have a couple on hand so that if I come across somebody. Or if you get a gift for somebody that you didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, in, well, just in case somebody does me a great service yeah. and I say, okay, I, I want I keep a couple of those on hand just to pull out to give to people. And all, to me, that's a, that's a great, a pocket knife is always a good gift. I agree. But, but get a good one. Don't get. I don't need one with an an eagle and an Indian stenciled on the side that comes in a commemorative box and has feathers hanging off the hilt. I want just a just a nice utilitarian pocket knife. I will say, um, not cigar related, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. The Havilon Piranha Edge. I switched skinning knives this year. I finally went to the replaceable blade knife, and you, as you know, that was a big deal in my right. life. Um, worth every penny. That thing is so stinking sharp all the time. The other day, I was actually skinning a deer, busted a blade, whipped it out, threw it away, put a new blade in it, went right back to skinning with a fresh blade right off the bat. Um, The Havilon Piranha Edge, outstanding knife. Yeah, and I've got the Outdoor Edge version of the same knife, which I am a huge, huge fan of as well. Well, and it's it's not a knife you need just for skinning deer you know you you can use it i used it slicing up tenderloin after i cooked it i've used, I used it, it for opening boxes and other yeah you can use things. it for anything yeah and a knife is always knives and whiskey <laughs> not for the same time but knives and whiskey always a good gift and always these these are all the things to think about you know we always recommend against giving cigars as gifts right just give a if you feel like you must give a cigar as a gift, just get a gift card to whatever store they like, whatever brick and mortar you know would like to have the business. Yeah, and go that road. And uh, of course, cutters always a good as long as you buy a nice one. You know the Zycar Xi2 teardrop cutters always going to be a big hit. Yeah, although I will, I, we are running so long, but I have to hit the hockey game. I think this is so. I mean at at. obviously I'm not ever going to own this thing but growing up I always wanted one of those tabletop arcade style hockey games right and somebody who would play it with me but (laughs) I mean because there's that this thing looks so cool it's somebody who grew up with those and said yeah but I'm going to make a good one I'm going to make one that works yeah I think that's great it ain't like the the old magnetic football one that all the pieces stuck together eventually (laughs) and all but okay review for me the four kicks so the the flavor changed a couple of times on me throughout the smoking of this I'm getting a much more leather and clove now than I was originally I'm going to go, hmm, I'm, I'm somewhere between five and a half and six. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm about five and a half, six. Um, good smoke. It's been, it was a good smoke for tonight. Yeah. In this situation where we're just relaxing, enjoying a cigar, doing a little podcasting, it's a great cigar for that. Um, I think most levels of cigar smoker could enjoy this. And I don't think it's too strong for a novice. I don't think it's too weak for a for an aficionado, for a seasoned veteran. Um, in 2021, we're going to make the resolution that we're going to come up with a better term than aficionado. Yeah. If it's herfinator or whatever it happens to be. I like it. <laughs> and I'll, but um, good cigar, five and a half, six, I, I can do that. 
All right. And on probably closer to a six. Yeah. I probably would lean a little harder toward the six than I would the five and a half. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, so until next week, you can reach us on facebook.com slash the cigar cast. And we're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigar cast. And you can reach us via email at info at the cigar cast.com. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week until next week. Have a great cigar and think well of us.